It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. I hope you all are doing well. A lot to get to on today's edition of Locked On Cougars. Recapping a win for BYU basketball over Portland. Also taking a look ahead to their game against Pepperdine tomorrow. We'll also get into some BYU football. Part two of our debriefing of BYU's defensive line. Looking at the defensive end position. Uh, two positions that I'm actually really high on for BYU. We'll examine that and also get to your guys' questions. I asked for them on Twitter last night and you guys responded. So we'll get to a mailbag segment on today's show as well. It's all brought to you today in part by our good friends at betonline.ag as well as Squire and Company. We'll tell you about both of them a little later on in today's show. All right, without further ado, there you go. That's the roadmap of where we're going today. Let's get into it here. This is the Locked on Cougars podcast for January 22nd, 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for taking some time to join us on your daily podcast focused on all things BYU. A lot to get to on today's show, but let's start off on the hardwoods, BYU basketball, picking up their 12th win of the season last night in a 95-67 route of the Portland Pilots. And had you just watched the first half of that game last night, you probably would have had a different opinion on the Cougars, considering they were only leading by six. Latrell Jones for the Pilots had 15 points in that first half, and uh, some nervous moments for BYU. Their offense wasn't necessarily super sharp in that first 20 minutes, but the second half, BYU came out and played with their hair on fire, started hitting shot after shot, and the star of the game in this one, there's no doubt about it, was Matt Harms. Uh, Set his BYU high in points with 23, just three points off his career high, which was 26 while playing at Purdue, and he was 9-9 from the field, 1-1 from beyond the arc, 4-4 from the free throw line, added six rebounds, and three blocks and just one personal foul. He had a stellar, stellar night and a fantastic showing for that young man and showed his ability on both ends of the court. And it was really fun to see. In the second half, BYU really turned it on offensively. They set a season high for assisted field goals with 28 assists on the night. So just an overall great offensive showing for BYU. It's their highest in points on the season after their exhibition win over Westminster. Uh, earlier on in November. So just an overall good night if you're a BYU basketball fan. That was a relatively enjoyable win. Good showings. Uh, Caleb Lohner, I thought, really impressed. Six assists, six rebounds at nine points. I'll tell you what, Caleb Lohner, as he continues to develop, folks, he is going to be an absolute monster and a star for BYU when all is said and done for him in a Cougar uniform. It's fantastic to see. He's really growing into his role as the season goes along here. And now BYU faces off uh, in an interesting setup here because they're going to face Pepperdine twice over the next uh, five days. They will face off against the Waves at the Marriott Center tomorrow night. And then they'll head to Malibu on Wednesday to make up for that uh, postponed game that was supposed to open a West Coast Conference play for them late last month. So uh, I I look at this and 
you try and set up for Pepperdine and will you show one thing if you're Mark Pope's team at home and then show something different on the road? I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about it. I would believe if you're BYU, you go into this game thinking, you know what, we can absolutely dominate. The interesting part about this is that Pepperdine comes into this game with a lot of confidence. They had a great showing against the Pacific Tigers last night, blowing out Pacific 85-68. to Kessler Edwards, just an absolutely monster 37-point performance for the Pepperdine Waves. Uh, he's been a very, very good player for them all year long, but 37 points, 11 rebounds. Wow. Very impressive. Colby Ross, one of their star players uh, for Pepperdine as well, had 7 points and 11 assists in that victory. So Pepperdine's going to come in here with plenty of confidence despite sitting at 6-6 six and six on the season. They are 2-1 and one in West Coast Conference play. And if they were to sweep both games from BYU, all of a sudden they can find themselves sitting right up in the upper echelons of the West Coast Conference. But my opinion for BYU in this game against Pepperdine is you go and play your game. You force Pepperdine to play your style. BYU has shown the ability to grind out wins on the road. They did that in their Bay Area sweep over the weekend, beating both St. Mary's and San Francisco. Then they go out with an offensive flourish against Portland back at home, back in the friendly confines of the Marriott Center. I'm liking what I'm seeing from BYU basketball right now. 12-3 and on the year, 3-1 and in West Coast Conference play. They're absolutely streaking right now, and they're doing everything that they can to show that they can win in different ways, and the good news is they can play different styles and have success with those styles. That's the positive news if you're a BYU basketball fan. Uh, that game tomorrow night will be at 8 o'clock Mountain Time. It will be televised on ESPN2, so a pretty big audience should be able to watch this one for the Cougars, and I think BYU should be pretty heavily favored against Pepperdine, but you're going to have to absolutely cool off Kessler Edwards. 37 points in college hoops is a monster outing, and BYU fans that have been around for some length of time, going back a decade, you remember the exploits of Jimmer Fredette and how unique that was in the sport. Well, 37 points from Kessler Edwards is going to be something to keep an eye on. He's leading uh, Pepperdine in scoring on the season, averaging 17.3 points, also leading them with six rebounds on, on the season. Colby uh, Ross, who we talked about a little bit earlier on, is averaging 7.5 assists per game. Those are kind of the two-headed monster for the Pepperdine Waves. Lorenzo Romar, the former Washington coach, a guy that knows what he's doing. He's actually a really good coach, and Pepperdine was thought to be one of the better teams in the West Coast Conference this year. They've had their season a little disjointed due to COVID-19 concerns, but they're going to come in here believing they can shock the world and knock off BYU, but it's my opinion that BYU just needs to play their game. Play lockdown defense. Uh, hit open shots. Create offense for your teammates. Uh, pass up a good shot for a great shot. All the different cliches that go into this offense for BYU. They just go out and operate and play their game. I think they'll handle Pepperdine. That's my personal opinion on this. But you've obviously got to go do that. That's the thing. It's easier said than done, uh, to use another cliche. But... I'm confident in BYU's ability in these next two games against Pepperdine. It will be interesting, though, to see uh, how Pepperdine responds to facing off against BYU twice. Will they kind of fill things out in Provo and then try and spring one on BYU in Malibu, which has traditionally been a tougher place for BYU to play there at Firestone Fieldhouse? I don't know. But I do think that there's a big opportunity staring BYU in the face here because if you go and beat Pepperdine twice, all of a sudden you're 14-3, and 5-1, and one, 
cut midweek next week, well, all of a sudden you're, you're off and rolling, and they're already rolling. If, let's be clear about BYU, but I'm really liking what we're seeing from the Cougars right now, and it really showed last night, and now they get ready for Pepperdine, and you got to cool off Kessler Edwards. That's a monster, monster outing, 37-11 and 11 in a win over Pacific. So we'll examine that game. We'll have a recap for you guys on the Monday edition of the podcast. Uh, looking forward to that, and I'm expecting BYU should have another victory under their belt come Monday. All right, coming up here in just a minute, we will continue on with our BYU debriefings, our part two of our look at the BYU defensive line. I guess you can call it technically our debriefing on BYU's defensive ends. We talked about the defensive tackles yesterday. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you, though, by our good friends over at betonline.ag, folks. No matter what you may be interested in betting on sports-wise, pop culture, prop bets, no matter what it is, betonline.ag is the best resource for you guys to get in on the action. What I love right now is BetOnline wants to encourage you guys to get in on the action. They're doing so by offering a 50% welcome bonus when you go to BetOnline.ag and make your first deposit there. What I like about BetOnline, you don't have to pay to sign up for an account. It's a free account, and when you make that first deposit, whether it's 10 bucks, whether it's 100 bucks, well, guess what? You're getting another 50% of that free from BetOnline.ag. So if you have 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 1,500 bucks. It's pretty simple, folks. So give it a shot. That's BetOnline.ag free account. Use the promo code Locked On with that first deposit to get that 50% welcome bonus. Get in on the action and do it with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. All right, folks, part two of our BYU debriefing on BYU's defensive line. We're going to look at BYU's defensive ends. If you missed yesterday's podcast, we examined the defensive tackles and nose tackle position for the Cougars, which I am very bullish on just with the depth that's there. Now looking at BYU's defensive ends, I'm actually pretty bullish on this unit as well. The biggest thing about this unit, though, is they need health in 2021. Health was not on their side in 2020. Sands, uh, Zach Daw, who was just an absolute stud, playing the defensive end position for BYU, but nonetheless, I'm really liking what is on the roster for the Cougars going into this fall at defensive end, and I think it's headlined by Tyler Batty, the six foot five, 260 pound freshman from Pace in high school. When he was healthy, when he was able to get on the field, you saw him as a return missionary be an immediate impact guy for the Cougars, and I am really, really high on his potential. The problem was in the latter half of the season, he suffered back to back injuries ankle injuries and back-to-back sounds weird. It was an ankle injury originally, a high ankle sprain. They re-aggravated when he returned to practice that knocked him out for the entire rest of the season. You hope that he can put that behind him during spring ball upcoming, etc., and then he gets on the field this fall and can be that star pass rusher BYU sorely been needing for years now. Another guy to keep an eye on is Uriah Leatawa. He is one of the few, maybe just the only senior on the roster from this past season who's actually going to play this year and it's mainly due to the fact that he missed the majority of the season, at least half of it, due to an injury suffered in the preseason. So he will be back, and if Uriah can live up to his potential when he has been able to be healthy at six foot four, two 265 pounds, he could make the perfect... Uh, 
back end or the perfect uh, complement to a kid like Tyler Batty on BYU's defensive line. Both of them more than capable of getting after the quarterback and have proven that at points in their career. Uh, Uriah is going to be a pretty wily, what, sixth-year veteran at this point, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. I, I wish him nothing but the best of good health. He's had plenty of struggles during his time at BYU, especially with injuries, so hopefully he can have a good run here. Now, behind those two is kind of the big question mark. Who is going to step up and add the depth at defensive end? Because you lose Zach Daw, who's a senior moving on, and he was a really good player despite being a bigger defensive end for BYU. Well, I think there's some options on the on the roster, and it all depends on how guys decide uh, they're going to uh, shape their bodies and what positions they want to play long term. A guy like Freddie Levi, a defensive lineman from Fontana, California, a freshman listed at six foot three, two hundred and sixty pounds. Well, the original thought was when he got to BYU that he would end up adding enough weight to play defensive tackle. But as it is currently, he has not uh, added that requisite weight, and he may end up playing defensive end for the time being at BYU. I, I'm not going to say that that's uh, a set in stone thing. Obviously, everything's subject to change that I'm talking about on this, but he's a guy who's got some intrigue. I also like certain guys like Gabe Summers as well as Saleti Feveliaki, despite being more defensive tackle bodies. Their ability to play on the end at points has actually been very impressive and they could also be an option out on the edge if need be. A guy that I would like to see live up to the hype when he came to BYU and he's not done so already is Alden Tofa. Six foot four, 260 pounds. When you look at Alden, he looks like the prototypical defensive end, the guy that you dream of having on your roster that can get after the quarterback, but the production has just not matched the hype. He's a junior uh, going into 2021. A guy from this state, West Jordan High School, played thought too nice and Mahe in high school and both of them highly thought of you'd like to see Alden finally live up to the hype and show what he can do and it'll kind of be on him to prove that but he has the opportunity this year there's plenty of options plenty of snaps it appears for him to take advantage of another guy to keep an eye on and I'm interested in is Fisher Jackson he got plenty of pub in the preseason this past year six foot five 250 pound athlete a walk-on from Harriman High School uh, there was some thought that he could be an option for the Cougars to really bolster their pass rush depth, but he never got much time on the field. So you hope maybe with another year of seasoning, he can really kind of round into form and become the pass rusher that BYU hopes he can be. And similar to him is Alema Pilimai, a former tight end who made the move over to defensive end last year during spring ball, had a shoulder surgery during the season last year that knocked him out for the majority of the year. But you hope he's healthy, he can get into spring ball, summer workouts and on into training camp and show that his work in the offseason has paid out paid off on the defensive side of the ball. He is a great athlete. There's no doubt about that with Lemma. He has got the ability to be a, a true difference maker if he hones his craft well enough. It's just a matter of does he have uh, time on his side, and I think he does. He's only a sophomore on the roster. He's a return missionary. So he's a little bit older of a player, but I still think there is an opportunity for a guy like that to earn playing time this year. And I do like the options on the roster for BYU. One other guy who's a major wild card is Herkley Latu, a guy who entered the NCAA transfer portal at one point and then came back to BYU but was just a non-factor in 2020. Uh, Latu, 
I don't know. I don't even know what to expect from him at this point. Anything you get out of him in terms of production on the field at this point is probably just a bonus. You're not counting on it, but if he does show some ability, great. You take it and then you're, you're happy with what you got. Finally, I think that the depth for BYU is going to be bolstered by uh, some return missionaries coming into the program this fall. And de- depending on how they return is all a matter of were they able to work out enough and were their bodies able to hold up enough in the mission field. That's such a, a crapshoot with these guys that I look at guys like Kate Albright, a star pass rusher, outside linebacker, defensive end prospect from San Juan Capistrano, uh, six foot five, two hundred and ten pounds, a high three star prospect from Southern California. If he comes back in shape, he could get into the mix right away for BYU. But I, can you count on that? Enoka Miguel, the twin brother of Elia Miguel, Elia Miguel on the offensive line for BYU. He is a defensive end and a true pass rusher uh, from the prep ranks. I'm very high on him. He's got a similar rating to. Kate Albright, despite them being separated by two recruiting classes, six foot five, two hundred and thirty-five pounds, out of Temecula, California. Well, if he proves he has some ability, he could get in the mix right away for playing time. And then the one other guy that I'm interested in because I wonder if he's lost enough weight that he may end up playing defensive end for a little bit before moving back to defensive tackle is Brooks Miley out of Pineview High School. Miley was a stud for the Panthers in high school. I was very impressed with him. I thought he got severely overlooked. Uh, while he was playing in the high school ranks and he committed early to BYU and didn't really go through the recruiting process fully and I really feel like had he done that he probably would have been a bigger prospect but I wonder with his mission service has he lost enough weight he's 6 foot 4 285 pounds according to 24/7 Sports well if he comes home weighing like 250 pounds does BYU start him out at defensive end while he gains that weight to play back on the interior at defensive tackle for BYU they've proven that they can do that with guys like uh, like Zach Daw in the past, and I think that it might be an option for Brooks Miley, but he is truly going to be a defensive tackle at some point in his career for BYU. I just wonder, to start out with, does he play defensive end, which BYU, they kind of play that defensive end slash opposite end role. The opposite end is kind of a stand-up hybrid role at times, a true pass rusher, whereas the defensive end is more of a run stopper. So it might be an option for a kid like Brooks Miley. So there you go. Some of the looks and what I think about BYU's defensive ends as we wrap up our debriefing on BYU's defensive line here on the podcast. We will continue these on into next week and we'll finish it out. Once we're done with this, we'll finish it, but we'll continue on until we finish all the various position groups. We've talked BYU's offensive line, defensive line, quarterbacks, cornerbacks and specialists at this point. There's still plenty more to go. We got like linebackers, safeties, tight ends, running backs, wide receivers. There's still plenty to talk about and we'll run those down in the coming days and weeks on the podcast. So stick with us as we run those down for you. All right, coming up next, we'll wrap up the week with some of your questions. I asked for them on Twitter last night. We'll get answers to what I know and I'll try and speculate on the rest. We'll get to that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends at Squire and Company. Folks, love this company. I've got a family connection to Squire and Company, and I cannot recommend them enough. Squire is the best. It was founded on the principle of earning the trust of their clients and helping them meet their financial goals. They're committed to helping you as an individual, whether you have a business, whether you're an entrepreneur, set and meet financial goals and have financial success. What they have done is they are a homegrown Utah CPA firm that's capable of servicing anybody here along the Wasatch Front. Like I said, individuals, corporations, entrepreneurs, big business, small business, no matter 
matter the size, they can help you out with that. But they're also able to help people around the country. So if you don't necessarily have an office here in Salt Lake City or in Utah in general, they can still help you out. That's what they're known for. And they want to help you guys out. They specialize in serving clients in seven main industries, including construction and real estate, manufacturing and distribution, government, technology, nonprofit, direct selling, and professional services. If your work, if your company falls under any of those, they'd be happy to work with you guys. They've got two offices, one in Orm and one in downtown Salt Lake City that's more than capable of helping you out. And Ray Chipman, a huge BYU fan, has been our liaison with Squire. And I would encourage you guys to reach out to him if you have any questions. You can learn more about Squire by going to www.squire.com. That's S-Q-U-I-R-E.com. You can reach out to Ray directly at Raymond C. R-A-Y-M-O-N-D-C at squire.com or contact him directly by calling him 801-477-4950. Ray, a good BYU fan. I met him on the way to cover the Boca Raton Bowl in December. Great dude. He knows my family. I've known Joe Squire who founded this company for years. I cannot recommend Squire enough, so give them an opportunity. Once again, reach out to Ray directly, Raymond C. at squire.com or call 801-477-4950. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, as we wrap up another fun week here on the podcast, I threw it out on Twitter last night in the aftermath of BYU's win over Portland, asking you guys what questions you guys got. I'm happy to field them, get a mailbag segment on the podcast. It's something I don't do often enough on the, here on the podcast, but let's get into some of them. Let's start off with Derek S. Harris at dher 12 He says, is BYU willing to pay more for coaches to keep coaches there, or are they just unwilling to compete with other programs who pay more? Well, Derek, uh, I think the evidence is that BYU is not willing to go above a certain number. And we saw that with Bronco Mendenhall and the staff that left with him to go to Virginia. We have now seen it with, uh, I think, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos. I'm sure BYU uh, was able to say, okay, what are they going to pay you? Well, we're able to pay you this much, and it probably didn't commiserate, and those guys are moving on. BYU, and I've said this before on this podcast, I believe that the Cougars need to step up to the play and pay market rate. And market rate is all relative. They're never going to be paying as much as Clemson and Alabama. You're never going to see Kalani Satake making $9.5 million as head coach at BYU. Could the LDS Church foot that bill if they wanted to? Absolutely. We've all seen they've got massive cash reserves, but that's not going to happen. BYU Athletics is a self-sustaining entity, and they have to pay the money that they can raise themselves. That's all they can work with. They're obviously $20 million in the hole. And by the way, credit to BYU fans. That all-in campaign that's going to end, it sounds like, on February 14th, Valentine's Day. They've raised over $12 million of that $20 million they were missing. That's a big credit to you, the BYU fans. But Derek, honestly, I think the evidence is in the in the pudding. Uh, BYU just doesn't want to pay market rate, and if they don't want to pay market rate, 
I don't think you're going to see BYU have many seasons like they had this past year very often. It's just it, it, you have good coaches, they're going to get picked off, plain and simple. And that even includes Kalani Satake at some point. Another program could come calling and triple or maybe quadruple his salary, and it'd be hard for him to turn that down. Uh, Glenn G. Hansen 25 says, any timeline on the new offensive line coach getting hired? Uh, it's been mums the word recently, honestly. I, I have not heard that much. You guys know me. If you listen to this podcast long enough, I give you guys everything I hear. I, I'm not afraid to talk about what I hear from my sources and whatnot. I report on everything I hear, but I have heard nothing recently on that. I think BYU is just slow playing it. They want to kind of figure things out, make sure they get the right guy in place, and they will take their time in that regard. So uh, I, I wish I had a timeline on it, but I don't think they will do that. I think that you'll see both coaches. I think Kevin Kloon is on the defensive side of the ball. I think that's all but done. But the offensive line coach, once they're settled on that, I think you'll see both of those hires made official at the same time. That's just my personal opinion. Uh, Nick Chadwick at Nick Chadwick 15 says victory Vaca or Puka Nakua. How does Kalani Satake potentially close the deal with those two? And this is also a question that our good friend Kiali'i Pahana. Hope I got that right. Kiali'i. I'm doing a pretty good job with uh, Polynesian names. I feel like so hopefully I, I nailed yours. He also asked the question, any truth to the Puka rumors? Honestly, I have heard that Puka Nakua wants to leave Washington more than once during his time in Seattle. But until he puts his name in that NCAA transfer portal, I I don't think it's going to happen. I've heard it way too many times. And he's just one of those guys that it seems like he's always stirring the pot a little bit. And he very well may have told somebody that he wants to leave Washington. But until he puts his name in the transfer portal... I don't know what's going to happen. And if he were to, he's going to have the entire rest of the Pac-12 after him. And BYU would be hard-pressed to sign him. But, hey, they'll give it their best shot if something like that does come up. Now, with regards to Victory Vaca, Nick Chadwick, I don't know much about Victory and his recruiting status. I know he was formerly a commit to both Texas A&M and Colorado briefly recently. But I just don't know what the interest level is from BYU. I can tell you this much. Cougar Sports Insider Jeff Hansen, those guys over there on the 24-7 Sports Network, they have got BYU recruiting locked down. I try and do a good job and stay up to date, but if you want the real scoop on what's going on with BYU's recruiting, Jeff is the man. There is no doubt about that. So you may want to talk to him about that and see if he can answer it better for you. But Victory Vaca seems like a pretty good player. Four-star prospect, a big-body defensive lineman. Seems like a guy BYU could use, but I just don't know much about that. And then also, Nick had a a second question. Random question. How do you think the brethren view BYU sports? Well, it depends on which of the brethren you're talking about, Nick. Uh, There are some who uh, think BYU athletics is just whatever. There's other ones who are huge proponents of it. Guys like Dallin H. Oaks, uh, Jeffrey R. Holland. They were presidents of BYU during the absolute heyday of BYU athletics, the 1984 National Championship teams, etc. So they know the value of what BYU athletics can bring to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but I just don't know how uh, they all go. I'm sure there are plenty who think that it's, okay, whatever. I've heard strong rumors that certain brethren would like to see BYU athletics kind of go the way of BYU Hawaii and BYU Idaho, but it's, it's such a cash cow and such a good uh, front-facing thing for the church. I don't ever see BYU proper, uh, their athletics department, going anywhere, but that's just my personal opinion. And then uh, finally, you also talked a little bit, do you think they will ever pay coaches, update uh, honor code, and emissions? 
Well, I think they're doing the best they can, Nick, uh, with the resources given to them. It's just a tough school to get into. I I went to the university, and I'll be honest, in this day and age, I went to the university uh, just over, what, I enrolled in 2008, so that's 13 years ago. I can tell you today, if I were to try to enroll with the same grades I had in high school, and I was a pretty good student in high school, I'm not sure I get into BYU today. It's just a tough university to get into. Its profile has risen by leaps and bounds, and I think BYU is doing the best they can. The honor code, you know what? I, I <laughs> Do I think beards should be allowed at BYU? Absolutely. Do I think they should be allowing guys to go break things that are outside the laws of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints that they espouse to? No. Uh, drinking, uh, premarital sex, all that stuff, that stuff needs to remain in place. But do I think they could loosen some things up with regards to facial hair and long hair? Yes, absolutely. But I don't know if that's ever going to really do much. Uh, so there you go. Some of the answers of the questions that came in tonight. A big thank you for you guys' support of the podcast. Love hearing from you guys. We'll do this more often, I promise. I need to throw it out on social media more often, garner your questions and answer them because you guys are the lifeblood of this podcast. There's no doubt about it. This does not exist without your guys' support, and it's been an absolute pleasure to have you guys with us along for the ride for the two-plus years we've been doing this. All right, that's going to do it for a Friday edition of the show. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Weigh in anytime, at Locked On Cougars. My personal Twitter feed, at Jacob C. Hatch. Love hearing from you guys, getting your thoughts, your comments, uh, your Shots across the bat, whatever you got for me, feel free to send them along. Also, you can email the show anytime. LockedOnBYU at gmail.com is the email address. Advertising inquiries, questions, comments, concerns, whatever you got, feel free to send them in that way as well. Have a great weekend. I hope you guys are all doing well. Weather here along the Wasatch Front, hopefully we get some snow. I know that snow is not a great thing for driving around, but we do need uh, the water in the mountains, so hopefully they can figure that out, and hopefully we get some moisture, and I hate that word by the way moisture anyways i don't know why i used it but anyways all right i'm gonna wrap it up here on a friday i've had enough i need to need to get on with some other things that are pressing but nonetheless have a great day whenever you hear this love you guys hope you guys are all having a great day and i hope you guys have a great weekend this has been the locked on cougars podcast for january 22nd 2021 we will talk to you guys on monday members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.